We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. Nation, what is going on? Welcome back to your go-to Pacers podcast. The Indiana Pacers pick up a victory over the Milwaukee Bucks, 126 to 124, and now currently sit at third place in the Eastern Conference. And here to talk to me about that is the pillow man himself, Mr. Chicken Fried Rice, Michael J. Fachi. Fachi, how's it going? All the above. Can't wait to get to those pillows after we're done recording this. But you know what? The pillows can wait because after Alex, oh my God, we did it. We took down the Bucks. something I'm going to say that, I'll be honest, I didn't think it would happen, but this was a roller coaster of emotions between going up early, 27-9, going down 10, and then coming all the way back and you know grinding out this win. You were in the building. Tell me what the atmosphere was right. like. As my father-in-law said after the game, that felt like a playoff basketball game. And it really did. I mean, it was just a different environment. And when you're up close like that and you see the physicality that these guys play with on a possession-to-possession basis, it's totally different than when you're sitting up maybe in the mid-level or even if you're watching at home. You don't necessarily see how physical the game is. And it was so funny to me because Daniel Tice gets in the game and he takes a nasty blow to the face from Bobby Portis. I think it was like the neck yeah, or the face. And I was kind of surprised I didn't review it for a flagrant foul. And Daniel Tice is a pretty quiet guy. He didn't say anything. He just comes back down the court. Bobby Portis looks at him and just goes, you're soft. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like This is a, the kind of game that I'm excited for here. And, like, uh, Malik Beasley hit a three that, like, put the Bucks up by eight points. And he's, like, talking trash to Ben Matherin. He even kind of mimicked Ben Matherin's three, that he, uh, three sign that he does when he makes a big shot. So I was like, man, this is getting pretty good here, you know. But, honestly, it was like I thought at the beginning of the game, like, we're about to just blow the Bucks out. There's no way this is going to happen. This is too good to be true. We're making everything. And then all of a sudden, like we always talk about, water finds its level, and Giannis Antetokounmpo became MVP Giannis in this game and was incredible. There was no answer for him at all. The Pacers tried six to seven different guys on him, and it finally took them double-teaming him, trapping him, and doing whatever they could to get the ball out of his hands to finally stop him from just dominating every possession. But 19 to 25, 16 to 18 from the free throw line for 54 points. Whew. Watching that in person, that was fun. Yeah, I mean, you you got to see quite the performance, you know, from Giannis. Nearly, one, I'm surprised it's not a career high for him, but it was also almost a career high for the Milwaukee Bucks franchise. Mm. So he fell about three points shy of that. But on a night where there was no Damian Lillard, Giannis was nearly enough to just throw the whole Bucks team on his back and walk out of Indiana with a win. 
But man, we talked about it early. The Pacers they came out storming in, in that first quarter. Felt good about it, but you know how it is. No lead is really safe in NBA when it, the game of basketball is a game of runs. And I felt that is exactly what happened. Milwaukee had their moments. Pacers absolutely they threw everything they could at Giannis. I mean, whether it was you know Obi Toppin or or you know, he got in foul trouble, and, and then you just you saw Putty healed on him at times. And Aaron Neesmith, I mean, everybody was just racking up fouls. And eventually, I mean, I don't know if we're ready for it. We just see that. It, to me, it felt like the glass shattered. The the Pacers broke open that emergency glass. Let's get Daniel Tyson there. They really did. And I tweeted it out. I, I joked that I imagine, yeah, you know. I didn't like that tweet. Should, but, hey, you know what? I liked it. So did a couple other people. Regardless, I felt like, how are you ever going to trade Tyson? Oh I mean, it can't happen. Look, it's not that it was, you know, impacting yeah. a trade. They needed bodies. Oh, and I think man. at that point, Daniel Tice is, you know, is someone that you could have thrown at Giannis. And, uh, you know, while he only played eight minutes, he was the lone positive on the bench. Yeah, so what's really interesting is I was watching Rick contemplate what to do next because they had put Obi in the, obviously, to put him on uh, Giannis to start the half. That didn't work. They put Aaron in. Aaron gets another foul, and he looks and he and he calls LP Lloyd Pierce up to the uh, to talk to him. And they start doing this. They kind of start conversing. They got their hands over their mouth, and all of a sudden they both nod at each other. And then Rick goes, "Daniel," and I was like, "Whoa, okay, we're bringing in Tice, the honest stopper." I I I there for just a quick second thought. Are they about to go to Jarris? I really thought that, but I was like, "There's no way they're going to a rookie to guard Giannis at this point." This would make no sense. Been a good so. Idea. I didn't think that Tice made the most sense to guard him, but he was a plus zero off the bench. So he didn't come in and cost them anything. But you, you got to feel bad for a guy like Tice in this moment. And I know this is like probably the least ex- exciting thing about the game. And we're starting off talking about Tice because that's what we do on this podcast. We'll get to the exciting stuff here in a second. But cool. I kind of felt bad for him because usually he plays the five. And so he's playing next to miles. Now he's kind of playing the four on offense and he did not know where he was supposed to be at. Mm. He kept looking around guys kept trying to tell him where to go. And he just kind of like was throwing his hands up. Like, where am I supposed to be at? So it was a little tough for him to kind of get thrown into the game in the middle of the third quarter. Didn't play the first half at all to get in any kind of rhythm. Hasn't played all season long. Then you throw him in there at the four. Like that's a lot to ask a guy, (laughs) you know, no matter how long he's been in the league, it's just kind of a hard thing to ask him. So, Kudos to him for coming in and being semi-productive in the minutes he was out there and kind of helping the Pacers just kind of stay afloat for eight minutes when they had a lot of foul trouble with their better defensive options in Obi Toppin and Aaron Eastman. So, you know, I, I don't really think it had anything to do with trading anybody oh, or trying to get the it trade was just value. A joke. I know, I'm just saying, but some people will believe it. Some people will. No, it, it was just ironic timing. We haven't heard a team really mention, you know, oh, we're interested until all of a sudden, hey, he gets in the court. So, look, it was nice. He got a dunk. But back on to, to more exciting and important things about this game. I mean, when we really look at it, it was, you know, I don't want to say superstar for superstar, but Tyrese Halliburton, once again, just this this guy, man. I mean, he's such a gamer. Like, when mm-hmm. it matters most, Tyrese steps up, finishes with 29 points, 10 assists. He does it on 10 of 17 and 5 of 9 from 3. This is a guy who last game, you know, kind of struggled from three-point land. I think kind of is probably putting it lightly. And he he makes them when you need them. He had a big basket down the stretch, but just overall for the game, Tyrese Halberton just getting it done. I mean, before we move on, anyone else, anything that you want to say on Tyrese tonight? I mean, when the game was on the line, what did he do? He took a big three with about a minute and a half left and he put did. the Pacers up by one. That's what Tyrese Halberton does. Countless times already. It, it's, it's like... I don't even, I've lost track, but it's like, there's so many games so far. I mean, we're nine games into the season. He has like at least three shots that have pretty much put away teams. So it's like like, the clutchness that we've seen out of him is there's so, for years, we did not know who was going to take the last shot for the Indiana Pacers. They played a game of hot potato from time to time, you know, passing it around to see, well, maybe this guy will have some luck. We know we're in Great hands with Tyrese when it matters most. And, man, th- those veins, they got ice in them. They run cold. That yeah. Tyrese Halliburton, whew, he's getting it done night in, night out. Yeah, I mean, Tyrese Halliburton was great tonight. Tyrese Halliburton's always really good, but I don't think he had the best game 
of anybody no, on the Pacers tonight. I'm ready for him if you're ready for it. I, I think that we have to go back to what Tyrese called him last year, Benedict Matherham. Yes, Benedict yes. Mather him, right? We got to make sure we put the him at the end of it. I can't say it as good, but that is who he was tonight. I mean, similar numbers to last night shooting-wise, 9 of 18 once again. Instead of going 4 of 7 from 3, went 3 of 7 from 3, but he ended up getting a career high in rebounds tonight with 11. And the 10th one that he got to set a new career high was on a putback dunk that was huge. He just had so many big moments down the stretch offensively. But then you go to the flip side defensively, I thought he played pretty solid defense defensively too. So this was growth from Benedict Matherin, a guy that everybody is hoping can step up and be that number two. And we kept thinking it might not be him this year. He's still trying to figure things out. It's game nine. We're six and three. In the last two games, Benedict Matherin has looked like the second best player on the court next to Tyrese Halliburton. He really has. And this, we talked about last game, was a very complete game from Benedict Matherin. This game, may have been even more complete. You talked about it, the 11 rebounds. That gives him 20 rebounds over his last two games. Fantastic. But the steal that he had on Giannis tonight mm-hmm. was an absolute moment. You know Giannis is tired. He's put the whole the whole franchise on his back. He does that spin move. And when, when Ben poked that ball out, I, I'm telling you right now, almost got in an absolute fight with my wife because the baby's sleeping i could not keep i could not keep calm i was freaking out i mean amy's yelling at me i'm yelling at the tv it's like this whole thing because it's just like matherin coming up with the steal and the 26 points it's just like it made me think that if i could have just imagined that the whole fan base is over here what we see on twitter it was like look at you guys like do you feel better about yourself now People saying, get him out of the starting lineup. Maybe we should put him in a trade. This, this. Matherin's played his best two games of the season, the last two games. And mm-hmm. what we saw tonight is just full, you know, shades of absolute stardom. And I don't even think shades is the right word for it because he had 26 and 11. But it's like this guy is so special that you need to get him going. And I think that that goes back to last game with Rick playing him those extra minutes, the 38 minutes, get him in a groove. Because tonight, Matherin came out hot. He had, I think it was like at least like 10 points early on, and it might have been 10 points in the first quarter at least. Mm, yeah, and I, and you talk about Tyrese having that big three. We can't forget that Ben Matherin hit two free throws to extend yep. the Pacers' one-point lead to three with 8.1 seconds left. That's a lot of pressure for a guy. It is. For him to step up and do that after everything else he'd been doing, that was right after he had that big steal you're talking about. So it's just we saw him in the moment there really have some nice offensive plays, defensive plays, and just really secure help secure this victory for the Pacers. So it was great to see him get it going early. He had some really nice drives. I really like the dunks that he had on the putbacks, on the rebounds. It was just this was a fun game for Matherin. It's like I, I was ready for him to kind of just keep taking over the game. I wanted the ball in his hands even more than it was. And obviously, I thought that you talked about the bench. You said Daniels Heist was the only positive. I want to push back on that because Andrew Nimhart, I thought, was pretty darn impressive down the stretch. I, I thought the team needed to really close with him because of his defensive abilities, the way he rotates whenever they're trapping and stuff like that. He's very skilled, and he's got a very high basketball cue, made the right play. He had a big three to end the third quarter to mm-hmm. keep the Pacers afloat in the game. So, You know, he just had some big shots, I think, that were really momentum, you know, swings for the Pacers. And it's a different role for him this year, but I've really liked what I've seen from him so far. And no, he's not Tyrese. He's never going to be Tyrese. Tyrese is just a special player. But I think those two together can be really, really good. And it was an interesting lineup because I think, I don't even think Neesmith was in there at the end. It might have been Bruce Brown. Mm-hmm. With Andrew Nimhard, Ben Mather, and Tyrese and Miles. So that was a fun lineup to see. And I thought Andrew was deserving of those minutes. No, he he really was. And I, I feel that, yes, like we need to temper those expectations because he's not going to be having games where maybe he's dropping, you know, I don't know 15 to 20 plus points or any, anything like that. But what he brings defensively, just his smart basketball IQ, it, it is essential to this Pacers team. He, he did give 10 points. So I think that for a bench unit that at times is, you don't want to say carry the Pacers, but has been really, really strong for the Pacers tonight. That really wasn't the case. And we do have to highlight that Jalen Smith was out 
he he is he's been a major shining point of this bench. So I think that is why the Pacers had to go a little bit deeper. You know, Isaiah Jackson gets 11 minutes. We talked about the Tice minutes, but I feel like overall, before we maybe get into the struggles, because there, there there was some struggles in there. A couple other players I want to highlight. You know, Miles has just been rock steady. I mean, 21 points. He he's really just being very very consistent right now. And I think that this is what is this the the third straight game? You know, over tw- okay, no. So it's twenty one points this game, twenty two last game against Utah. But I mean, this is we're not seeing that Miles Turner that would randomly put up like an, an eight point game or like a ten mm-hmm. point game, and you're kind of like, oh, where was he tonight? Like the rebounds, Alex. If we go through it, I mean, Boston had five rebounds. We talked about that. That was not like a full game. Six rebounds. It feels like now his floor. And sometimes there used to be times in the past where you'd get. I don't know, three rebounds from Turner, four, you know, maybe five. It feels like just consistently you can count on Miles. And tonight I, I felt that he brought it um, as like, like, you know, that third strong option for the Pacers. And that's probably the role that I feel that he would be best in. Yeah, I feel like I looked up at the scoreboard one time and I could be wrong on this, but I think I saw like Matherin. Turner and uh, Halliburton all had like 11, 10, and 10 or 11, 11, and 10 in the first quarter or like by the second quarter or whatever. And I was like, okay, you know, I feel pretty good about this. It's kind of been our big three right now dominating in this first quarter. But, yeah, it felt like Turner got going early on. And it was like he didn't really add a ton after he got started hot in the first half. But it was just weird because we need to talk about what the Bucks did to get back into this game. And it wasn't just Giannis being Giannis. It was the fact that they changed their defense up and started playing a zone against the Pacers. And the Pacers really started struggling against that zone because they were attacking them in the man-to-man. And I think this is a Bucks team like we talked about. They have some cracks in their team. And their defense is one of those. And Damian Lillard not playing, you know, he's obviously a great offensive player, but defensively he's not good. He's not a good defensive player. And I will say this, watching campaign out there tonight, I felt like the Pacers had a chance every time they got him in isolation to score on him. I, I was like, oh, thank God, campaign's coming back into the game. We can get a Pat Connaughton out or whoever else they threw out there. I was like, yeah, they're going a little bit smaller now and putting campaign back in. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Milwaukee. Because <laughs> it was like, that was like someone easy to target. But for Turner, it was just different because when they when they switch into that zone, it does kind of limit what he does a little bit. And when he was guarding Brooke Lopez, Brooke Lopez likes to drag people out of the paint. So that way Giannis can kind of cook. So that takes Miles away from the basket, which allows for more offensive rebound opportunities for other players on the Bucks, And it keeps Miles from getting more defensive rebounds. So there is something to that. And, and they tried putting Miles on Giannis at times too, which that's going to be hard to get rebounds on when you're trying to guard the guy that's going 19 to 25 from the field. So yeah, really it just it was just really one of those games where it's like I, I kind of got lost with the stats. I wasn't even paying attention to it. I was just excited to see how this team played as a collective group. And, you know, someone tweeted at me and they said, we survived the Buddy Heald minutes. And you know what? It did kind of feel like that tonight. No offense to Buddy Heald, but he just really struggled from three. And to me, it feels like this. If Buddy Heald is not hitting from downtown, it's, it's really hard to justify playing him more than 20 minutes a game. Because defensively, he's just, especially against this mat- matchup against Milwaukee, it is it's really hard to play him because he can't really guard anybody great. Even though he's getting better defensively, it's just not like yes. his forte. So, yes, never will be. It's still, though, it's just one of those things where it's a weird dynamic because it felt like every time Buddy got an open three tonight, you felt like it was going in. You're like, he's going to break this slump. He's going to make it. He's going to make it. And it's just like, man, come on, ball. Get in the basket. So it was tough to see, but... I thought Bruce Brown had a really good game too, though. I thought he stepped up and made some big shots. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and touching on Buddy first, I mean, it got to the point where I was just like looking at my TV, and I was like, right, "He's got to snap out of this. He's got to." Because at Yelling one point, at him. I was, but Buddy was in the corner at one point, and he actually had more time than I think I'd ever seen him have for mm-hmm. a three pointer, and it didn't go in. And I was just like, "Something's going on." So I crunched the numbers over the last two games. Buddy's eight of thirty yeah, from the I knew field. It was bad. Four of 23 from three. Like, I feel like he's missing so many shots that he's trying to take shots to get himself out of the slump, mm-hmm. and it's just not happening. And this is someone that just about an episode or two ago, I mean, I was saying, hey, look, over the last three games, Buddy's averaging over 17 points per game. He's really efficient. So it's just like, it'll happen. He'll snap yeah. out of it. But for the last two games, the Pacers have managed to win those games with him, you know, playing on the rougher side. So I think that's awesome. But you touched on Bruce Brown. He's just been doing a little bit of everything. I mean, yeah, 11, that was great. Nine rebounds, seven assists. I mean, you got Bruce kind of two steals, semi flirting with a triple double out there. He, he did have two mega turnovers that really had me like holding my, my face just. Like oh my god no! But the in the end the Pacers were able to overcome those. That was great. I think there was some miscommunication. Him and Tyrese kind of both like went for for a ball that ended up uh, you know going out of bounds. And and another yeah. one I, I can't remember what it was. I yeah. just remember Brown turned it yeah, over. Yeah, well I'll tell you real quick because I remember these two specifically. So the one that you're talking about is where Andrew Nimhart threw the ball up when they were both back leaking yes. out, and yep. Bruce didn't realize Ty was behind him, and so he kind of cut him off to get the ball, which is the right thing to do, because if you're not sure who's behind you, you just get the ball. But Ty was right there, and they both kind of ran to the same spot, and it went out of bounds. The other one was when they threw the ball to him on, like, a pick and roll, and he got the ball in the middle of the paint. (laughs) And poor guy was trying to throw the ball to somebody, but he's just standing there, like, six foot four, with Brooke Lopez just towering over him, and Brooke Lopez pretty much just grabbed the ball from him. And I was like, poor guy. Like, it was like... The right play was made with a pick and roll. He gets in the middle. He's looking for somebody to get open, but then nobody moved. And so he had nowhere to go. And then he just got swarmed by the Bucks defense. And so I was like, okay, I really don't blame him there. He was kind of put in a bad spot. And then it's what happened. But didn't mean to cut you off, but I, those two oh. turnovers were timely. They were costly, but he just made a lot of very like those were key only baskets. He made yep. some key baskets too when they needed it to be like, Okay, we've just missed like 10 threes in a row, whatever it was. He goes in there and hits like a eight foot, you know, jumper. It's just like, okay, he broke up the 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 way we were shooting the ball or the shots we were taking and just changed it up a little bit and got into the midi, hit a mid-range jumper, and that was really good. So I really enjoyed that. But yeah, so this was just one of those that. games. What he won, was a, that? he won the he won a tip against Giannis that led to <laughs> yeah, a, I forgot about that. I mean, I didn't forget, but I it slipped my yeah. mind. That led to an entire Halliburton three. Like that was like I was like, whoa, that what? was sick. That was wild. I never thought he had a chance on that jump ball, and for him to win it is just like the heart that he's got. I mean, the dog in him. I mean, it was uh, it was on full display. So I just felt like the starters. I know Obi Toppin in this game. I mean, look, battles foul trouble only plays thirteen minutes, but you know the rest of the group: Bruce Brown, Miles Turner, Tyrese Halliburton. Benedict Matherin, they were all at least a plus 14. So I thought that that group, those four, we know that feels like the you know the, the core four of the starting lineup type of thing. Those four really, you know, they brought their A game tonight. And then obviously, hey, look, 
you know, on a night where you didn't have Jalen Smith, where you felt like you could have used, you know, his size and the way he's been playing. It's yeah. awesome that the Pacers were able to, you know, get by Milwaukee, but also to be able to do it on a, you know, a back-to-back to defend the homestand, go four and one. That's huge. Alex, that's huge. They lost by one point to the, the Hornets. That was their one loss. I, they could have went 5-0 and on this homestand. I, I know. And it's like we are so – we are in such a great spot where, like, as good as we are, everyone's like, oh, we should be better. We should be. It's like, it's like I know. I get it, guys. I get it. I get it. There's well, going to be some of those. You know who like, else night, thinks like, we should have been better? Who? Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, we man. all feel like we should be 8-1 and one right now. We let a few get away, but we feel good about where we are right now. Just and, and like it's something like this because the game was on NBA TV, so I had someone I, I hadn't spoke to in forever message me like, "What a win!" And it's like that is how you can judge other people. You know, paying attention is like when you get the games that are on NBA TV and, and the random nationally televised games. Which we only get one of. It's like other people who don't typically watch the Pacers start to pay attention. Like, whoa! Like that was that was an awesome game. Or like, great win. And it's like that's why we need more exposure. And it, it's just so hard to be able to get that. But if we can lay down that foundation this year, we might get a couple more of those, you know, games next year. Or if we could just get in the playoffs and other people can see us, like, it's just like people are missing out by not watching this Indiana Pacers team because they are a blast to watch. They can, I mean, they can score with the best of them. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone can really keep up with us. One thing that I love is that the Bucks do not play at a pace that the Pacers play at. They were we, we talked about it just before we got on. Giannis was dogging it towards the end. He had a great he was gassed, game. man. All credit to him. He was gassed. And when they talked about fast break points coming in this game, I think I think the Bucks averaged like 10, which was like 29th, and the Pacers averaged double it. So over 20 points per game uh, from the uh, fast break, which was like second in the, in, the, in the NBA. So it's like totally different styles. And I feel like on tonight, our style proved to be, uh, you know, something we're a little bit more comfortable with. The Bucks, they were not. Oh, you're right about that. I got a text from a, from a, a guy that's more my dad's friend, but he okay. knows I like the Pacers. And so he texted me and said, that was a great half against a great team. Lillard is out, but it's still good. Greek will be tired in the fourth. He got a workout. Pacers are running. Okay. I said, I said, so I didn't reply because I was busy. After the game, I said, great call. Giannis was gas at the end of the game. He said, Mather made some big plays. I said, best game of his career? Yeah, I think it might have been. I think it was better than last night's game against the Jazz. I really do. And if Rick Carlisle called that the best game of his career, then what's that make this game? I think the best game of his career. So mm-hmm. uh, he said, good coaching. Uh, great call to double, triple team the Greek at the end. He's like LeBron. You cannot let him run downhill one-on-one. And that is just basic one-on-one. I think they – I really think that the Pacers went to that double team too late. That is something yeah. they should have done early on. And it kind of gave me flashbacks of what happened with, with the Hornets and the um, the Pacers because that's exactly what the Hornets did to us. They started double-teaming Tyrese Halliburton in that fourth quarter and you know other shots were open for other guys but you took away the guy that was doing all the damage and so we kind of did the same thing to milwaukee and we snuck out there with the win but let's just go back to that third quarter because i felt like milwaukee was getting all the foul calls tonight they were getting everything they wanted it seemed and adrian griffin blows up for no reason like he'd been complaining all game but all of a sudden he just blows up drops two fus to the referee and the Pacers get two free shots, two free technical fouls from Tyrese Halliburton, a 90% free throw shooter. The Pacers win the game by two points. Awesome. And Rick Carlisle it, said it. We can't just look at what happened in the middle of the fourth quarter and say, oh, that's why we lost the game. No. What happened in the first quarter matters. What happened in the second quarter matters. What happened in the third quarter matters. When you get two technical fouls and you give the Pacers two free points and give them a momentum swing there, hate to say it, but let's be real now. I definitely think that played a factor into it because, yeah, Middleton hit a three when it was a five-point game at the end. You can say that all you want, but still, if not, they're only down by three instead of five. So it's just a totally different game, and those two extra points ended up being the difference in the game tonight. And I think this is probably going to be a learning experience for Adrian Griffin, a rookie head coach, because you know I was reading into it, and he said a night early, Earlier, you know, Giannis was ejected, and Griffin had promised to be more vocal with officials regarding 
hits on his superstar. Oh, you know what? I felt he probably felt he needed to back up his promise. And in this situation, it was a little bit too much because he gets ejected. He definitely did not need to get ejected. Giannis ended up going to the free throw line. He had almost 20 attempts in this game. So he had had 18 free throw attempts in this game. I don't think that, you know, every now and then a ref might miss a call or two, but I don't think it was worth getting ejected over. Um, And in the end, I think he's probably like, all right, you know what? Maybe I took it a, a little bit too far. But, hey, that's the the live and learn as a rookie head coach. All right, I'm going to change the topic here a little bit. Yeah. Thoughts on the court? I liked it. I thought it was I thought it was like a good, subtle change. Like, like the blue, but before the last court, like, yeah, it's like cool, but it's also, it was like a lot on the eyes at times. This was like something different that was like, you know, not um, too drastic of a change, but still like really cool. I liked it. It makes it feel like the game is bigger. Just that subtle yeah. change for whatever reason. I liked it. I like having alternate courts. I actually wouldn't mind if the Pacers wore the black jerseys more often. I don't know if you saw my tweet or not, but I said the Pacers, when they wore the city edition uniforms, they look like the Monstars. So no, I did not see that. Yeah, yeah. It's what it felt like that first quarter when they were up 27-9. I was like, oh, my God. Like, what is happening yeah. right now? We're feeling really good about ourselves. But I just want to go back to what we talked about there just for a quick second because four or five. That is huge to to win that many games and, and that home stretch. Like you probably would have, I think we probably both did give this one a loss more than we likely did. against the Bucks. I would, mm-hmm. I would be shocked if we didn't, I'm going to yeah, look here. We, at my we had this as, as a loss. Um, yeah, I remember did. having the Pacers beating Cleveland in that, that um, in season tournament game. I definitely had them beating Charlotte, but did not. <laughs> I had them six them. and three though. Isn't that funny? I, I can't remember what I had them at. I just had um, mine written down. Okay. I I don't remember what mine is, but I definitely had them beating Utah, beating Cleveland that second time, not the first time. Correct. Um, had them beating so, Chicago. Yeah. Had them beating Charlotte. Had them beating the Spurs, Jazz. I have them winning the next game against Philly, too. I think I, I had them splitting. I can't remember yes. which one. Um, I think but, we were opposite on this, if I'm not mistaken. I think yeah, I had them winning the first, opposite. losing the second, and yours was switched. Yeah, I I think we were on that, but yeah, I guess I just felt like look, but you know what? Philly's playing really good ball right now. That they really are. They got the Harden situation re- resolved. It's not like a cloud hanging over their head. I think they're playing you know better under Nick Nurse. But this is one of those games that if you're going to drop a game like Charlotte, where you feel that you should win, or against Chicago, there's always going to be a game that maybe you don't expect to win, and that's that game against Milwaukee where things tend to even out a little bit at six and three i finally look we're, we're never going to finally just arrive unless you win an nba championship because even the nuggets i feel don't get the respect that they should but at six and three i think people are starting to pay a little bit more attention i start I feel like lately we're starting to hear some things you mentioned about bill simmons i mean we had jj reddick talking about how, how cool the court looked recently that beating a team like milwaukee is very different than beating the Spurs mm-hmm. and beating the Jazz. I feel like when you beat a team like Milwaukee, it starts to – and sure, they could frame it, what's wrong with Milwaukee? Or they could frame it as, look at the Indiana Pacers. What, what do they got going on over there? Mm-hmm. Now, we don't, we don't want to get greedy because at some point, look, yeah, we're going to lose another game. That's obviously going to happen. Uh, we're not going to break the NBA wins record this year. But if we can even go you know, split those games against Philly, that will say a lot because this is a Philly team that I think is, you know, six and one or or something of the sort. They just took down Boston. So it's a really good Philly team, but I'm up for the challenge. Uh, I, I think that it's going to be nice to be able to get this Pacers team a little bit of rest. That was three games in four nights. So nice to have, uh, you know, a little bit of time off. And this upcoming week, a little bit lighter on the games. So I think yeah. that this gives them an opportunity to kind of get fresh. Obviously, you know, guys like, like Jalen Smith, a little bit banged up, and uh, I think for the rest of the team, you know, they're uh, they're relatively healthy. Yeah, I think they had five games in seven nights. So yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of basketball. It's really early in the season, so it's probably more beneficial to have that, you know, heavy stretch of games there back at the beginning of the season when you're still a little bit more fresh. But you talked about it. Now they don't play till Sunday, so they got two days off to rest. They play at Philly on Sunday and Tuesday, so mm-hmm. there's not any travel time. Then they're off until Sunday. Crazy. When they play the Magic back at home. So 
they're going to get five days off, and sometimes that can be a bad thing. It usually is. Especially if this team's cooking right now. Yeah. So it's going to be a trap game. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like you want rest, but then you try, you, you're like, okay, five days? You need five days? What about like three? You know, like three days would have been like perfect. Five days is like, you know, you don't want to, you, you want to keep your eye on the prize. It's obviously a, a long season, but, um, you know, I, I, I do think that you got to give credit to the NBA. However, the last few years, how much they've changed. Some of these, I mean, I remember times there might be a random four games and five nights or, yeah. you know, the back-to-backs where you're traveling to be able to play Philly, you know, and you're, you're not traveling anywhere in between, like you're playing them twice. That's great. Then to have that rest. Okay. Awesome. Everyone should be feeling great after this, but I, I couldn't be more excited of where this team's at at six and three. I'm not just saying it because what do we really have to complain about? Like, yeah, the defense, we're going to be able to, we're going to be complaining about that all year. We know that, but it's just like to, to supplement a not so great defensive team. We have an elite offensive team and some players, the internal growth that we've seen this year is, is just awesome because it doesn't have a saying like, you know, oh, we need to go out there. We got to make a trade now. It's like, look, this team has still only played nine games together for the most part. Like, most part, like Obi Toppin, like he still has a long way to go in, in regards to getting it going. Bruce Brown's a little bit up and down, but we've seen it has been has been great. Then we're yeah. seeing the bench really take those steps forward. I just feel that like we haven't seen the best out of Andrew Nimhard yet. I think that that'll come. It's like this team can still get better at this point. Yeah, and I mean, you talk about the defense. Look, Rick Carlisle has been preaching it all year long, and it's been the point of emphasis since the beginning of training camp. It's been talked about at nauseum. It's kind of annoying to talk about, but it is. love what he said tonight. In the last three minutes, we did two or three things defensively that we really haven't done all year. Our guys did a great job of executing. Look, this is game nine, and they're taking steps forward defensively, and you're getting it from guys maybe you didn't usually get it from, a.k.a. Benedict Mather. So, it's a group effort. Tyrese is the all-star. Tyrese is the focal point. But you need Ben Mather to step up. You need Andrew Nimmer to step up. Miles Turner's got to play a bigger role. Guys just got to find different nights when they're going to be helpful. Because, look, no Jalen Smith. It doesn't seem like that big of a loss, backup center. But it really is. I mean, it is. he's a really good piece for that bench. And so having him out with a lower back injury, something that you can't take lightly. And you just never know. Like you, you never know when you're going to need to call on Daniel Tice to come in there and give you eight minutes in a game. Like I know that sounds silly, but it's just like this is a profession. Like I literally have people saying, "Who is this guy? Where did we get him from?" I'm like, "Yeah, that was in the Brogdon trade last year." Like I literally had to explain that to like four or five people tonight because I had to give just, my wife the backstory. Yeah, I, I had to do this. Who, who's that? I was like, "Yeah, all right, babe, here we go." You know, I had, had to get into it. It was just like. You know, we, we cracked the emergency glass. He's out here and, like, yeah. you know, give the story. But it, it helps. It helps to have a deep bench because, like, if it wasn't for Daniel Tice, yeah, you're going with, with Jarris Walker. And I, I know maybe some fans might have preferred that, but how would he have fared in that moment to be like, well, I'm guarding – I'm going against you know, Giannis now. Game. And it, it's, it's a, It was a big game, big moment. And he's still yet to play any meaningful minutes yet. Yeah. And those would have been very – meaningful minutes i look forward to him getting to that point tonight wouldn't have been the night i almost feel like they would have throw, thrown jordan war out there before they threw out jairus walker in that moment at least noir would have experience going against you i'm saying for years yeah i mean definitely someone that would say hey coach like you know i i, I feel i can do it you know i like, like that that familiarity so i mean that that's something that he even mentioned about you know how he felt that he became a better player having to go up against Giannis all the time so um, yeah, that, that's a, it's a pretty good point by you. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, at the end of the day, this was a great team win. The guys come back, figure it out. They stayed together. They didn't let the Bucks lead get to them too much. They, they were able to chip away at it and, and just continue to keep themselves in the game and never got too far down. And that's what you love to see. It's a young team that's growing, getting better. Tyrese Halliburton said they could have been eight and one, you know, they're kicking themselves a little bit forward and we've talked about it. You know, they should have won that Hornets game, probably should have won the Bulls game is what it is. They're 6-3, and three, like you said. They're third place in the Eastern Conference right now. It's crazy to think about. We still have 73 games left to play, so we've still got a long season ahead of us, but 
If you're a Pacer fan that's been paying attention to what this team has been doing early on, you have got to feel more than ecstatic about what's happening. Now, they've had a lot of home games. How are they going to fare on the road? How do they carry this over without the incredible crowd, the fan base of of the Indiana Pacers in the fieldhouse rocking it out? This is going to be okay. Who's going to step up and be that guy? So I'm excited to see it. I absolutely love the direction this team is heading in. And we can't say enough great things about how they have just come together as a unit collectively. So any final thoughts on the game before we wrap it up? My final thoughts are just, man, these these wins, they, they just hit differently because it's like you're going to wake up tomorrow, and at least this is how I am. I'm going to wake up. One of the first things I'm going to think about is, like, we beat the Bucks last night. Like, yes. And I remember for a while, it's like the Bucks they were clowning us. You, I'll never forget get Giannis being on the sideline oh let me try photography for a change he picks up a camera and like ESPN's all over it oh look at Giannis taking pictures as the Bucks are up I don't know it might have been 30 40 yeah. points whatever it was and it's just like we've come a long way and we don't want to be the little brother of the NBA we want to be able to stand up to teams like Milwaukee that have championship aspirations and I like tonight Pacers took you know punch for punch from Milwaukee and kept pushing forward and they got it done. So overall, I, I, I love where this team's at, love the direction. And man, I, I just could not be more excited about, you know, this type of direction, always knowing that it's like, this isn't the Pacers small window to compete. This, this is, this window's got a breeze running through it. This window is wide open for, for years to come. First time we've beaten the Bucks in Indianapolis. Since pre-COVID. Sheesh. So, I mean, think about that. It's been years. Years. Like, how many? Years. I mean, it's it's like when we're talking about something like that, it's like, guys, don't take this win for granted. This yeah. this was a really good win tonight. And, I, and one other last thing, I can't wait until we get down the line the season because – no one better be December, January. No one better be like, we should have beat Charlotte in November. You know, it's like, it's like, let it go, guys. I'm not let letting that go. one go. So, someone, like, we need we need a couple, a week or two until I think people can forget about that because it's like, there's a lot of great stuff to be happy about. There's very small stuff to still be dwelling on. The Charlotte loss, like, get it out of there, guys. Tyrese already has like three, you know, put away shots, whatever you want to call all them you know on the year everybody's entitled to you know one uh one rough night yeah so look at this previous five games we just had real quick you win by five against the Cavs. you lose by one to the hornets you come back you win by 41 points against the spurs you beat the jazz by 16 you close it out by beating the bucks by two think if i did my math right it's around a plus 63 point wise in this home stretch for the pacers against their opponents Obviously skewed a little bit because of the Spurs game, but still yes, very much. You'll love to see yeah. it. It's just great to see. It really is. And man, just uh on a night like tonight, you know, we we've there's been some moments where it's like, you know, you and I we hopped on that late night pod against Boston. All right, we lost by fifty one. Well, well, like so many jokes. Do. Now uh, yeah, it's like now I was like, man, I, I I was like, I am going to podcast like no man has podcasted before. I could not wait to be able to get on here and talk about this team. And it's just like, it's stuff like that that gives you that extra pep in the step on a Friday morning, if that's what you're listening to. When you're heading into work, knowing, hey, look, I, I just got to get to 5 p.m. and I'm out of here until the weekend. It's like this win, it just makes that a little bit easier. It makes you know a little bit smoother going into the weekend. Absolutely, Fachi. Well, usually would end the show at this point, but... Because it is Thursday night, we don't usually have Pacer games on Thursdays because we're not usually on national television. This was the only game during this time slot on NBA TV on, you know, playing in the NBA tonight. There was only two games tonight total. So good for the Pacers to get that recognition. But we have our fan of the week Pacers trivia segment coming up after this. So if you're watching it on the YouTube channel, this will not be a part of the YouTube channel. This will be on the audio channel only. And I will say we had a unique twist to our trivia tonight, Flachi. So we're going to go ahead and not spoil that, but tease it a little bit. And I'm telling you, if you're listening to this on Friday, you got to make sure you get down to Ripple Bagel and Deli to try the setting the pace sandwich. You're talking salami. You're talking turkey. You're talking pastrami. 
with lettuce, with cream cheese, with provolone cheese on a garlic bagel. It is a taste of heaven in your mouth. I'm not kidding you, ladies and gentlemen. This is a sandwich that I have tried and I have devoured it. And I have thought about it four to five times throughout the week since I last had it. So I'm telling you, make sure you guys get down there and try it. And when you get down there, let everybody know you heard about Ripple Bagel and Deli on Setting the Pace, a Pacers podcast, because that'll get you a free side, a free drink, or a free baked good. So I'm just telling you, Fachi, right now, this is the place to go if you're wanting to listen to some Pacers content on your Friday afternoon. I got to see if they can make one and ship one. I'm dying to try it. I don't know how it's going to work. I imagine the cream cheese might not be, you know, at at its, uh, you know, at its best at that moment by the time it arrives in the mail. But I'm willing to roll the dice because I I really do feel that that's a really good sandwich. You're making me hungry. I'm just going to, for now, I'm going to have to imagine it, but I'm definitely taking your word for it. We can get one for each of your pillows, Fachi. So we'll have six sandwiches for you. I mean, that sounds like enough to go around. All right, everybody, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Um, Like I said, if you're listening on YouTube, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back on Sunday night with a recap pod. But if you're listening on the audio, stay tuned because we got our Fan of the Week Pacers trivia. See how you guys do. See if you guys can answer these questions and get the answers right before our contestants. We'll be right back after this. Ripple Bagel and Deli is the home of Indy's original steamed bagel sandwich. It's located in the heart of Broad Ripple and they're family owned and operated, proudly serving their customers for over 20 years. They pride themselves on quick casual dining with over 100 different steamed bagel sandwich options. It truly is a staple in Indianapolis and a can't miss breakfast and lunch spot. Ripple Bagel and Deli offers a great friends and family atmosphere where you're always welcome to dine in and be a part of the family or feel free to bypass any way by conveniently ordering and paying for carryout ahead of time at RippleBagelDeli.com. Ripple Bagel and Deli also offers best-in-class catering anytime, anywhere, with a long list of customers ranging anywhere from law firms to drug reps to several different sports-related clients, including Butler, IUPUI, the Indianapolis Colts, and several visiting NFL teams. They pride themselves on their ability to satisfy all of your catering needs, no matter the occasion or event, and will customize your order, provide competitive pricing, and always deliver on time. Ripple Bagel Deli, the home of Indy's original steamed bagel sandwich. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All righty, everybody. We have a unique situation here for our fan of the week brought to you by Ripple Bagel and Deli. Home of the Setting the Pace sandwich. Make sure you guys check that out. It is a delicious sandwich. Not just saying that because it is an advertisement, but because it truly is that good. But all right. So we had two people scheduled for our trivia today. Unfortunately, there were some technical difficulties and one of our competitors was not able to make it. So Caleb is here solo. Caleb Rodriguez ready to rock it out. He is our solo fan of the week. Now, in order to make it into the next round of Pacers trivia, He's going to have to answer four of these six questions correctly. So we're excited about that. But before we get into trivia, Caleb, please tell us a little bit more about your fandom, your fandom of the show, and and, and just everything that you like about this Pacers team, franchise, and podcast. All right. Loaded question. Um, (laughs) All right. So it's an honor to be here, first of all. I really enjoy watching your guys' content. Been watching maybe probably since free agency. Because uh, okay. I was just scrambling to see people's reactions, and I saw you guys, and been a fan ever since. Um, so my Pacers fandom sort of started in the 2013 and 2014 conference finals uh, against the Heat. My dad was a huge Spurs fan, and so our dream finals was Spurs versus Pacers. Um, LeBron spoiled that two years in a row, um, and so been a LeBron hater ever since came around though. Um, but that, that just showed, uh, that showed me that I wanted to see the Pacers succeed sort of came back into basketball around 2017, right after that crazy 2016 season. Um, been a fan ever since, um, this team is one of my, it has to be my favorite team that I have seen so far. Um, just a loaded roster, 
We got TJ McConnell still. He's one of my favorite players that we've had. Uh, I've loved him ever since his 76ers days. Um, and yeah, yeah, that, that's sort of, sort of where my Pacers fandom lies. I love TJ awesome. McConnell. I mean, hey, look, McConnell <laughs> still still a vital part of this team, even if he's not stepping on the court. But, you know, from some of the memories that you talked about, it just shows how important it is for this Pacers franchise to be winning. Because you talked yes. about, you know, the conference finals runs. And then you talked about 2017-2018, which everybody had a blast with. There was low expectations for that year. Pacers, mm-hmm. you know, uh, exceeded expectations. And then right now, we're perhaps exceeding expectations again. Absolutely. So really exciting team this year. And we hope, you know, for, for fans like you that you mentioned that, you know, it took maybe the Pacers being better again to really kind of draw you back in. That's exactly what we're hoping because there's so many fans that want to believe in this team again. And that's what has me really excited about, you know, this group led by Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the day we traded for Tyrese Halliburton, I, I was in a – I go to Purdue University. I was in I was in our engineering building, saw the saw the report from Shams and and Woj, and I was like, no way we did that. Um, <laughs> and so, so yeah, Ty- Tyrese is also a special part of my my Pacers fan. I'm so glad I have him on the team, and yeah, I'm really excited to see what the rest of the season holds for us. It is so funny how the Paul George trade led us to Tyrese Halliburton. I think that worked out perfectly yeah. for the Pacers, and. <laughs> Thank goodness we got Sabonis in that Victor Oladipo trade because that really oh, yeah. just kind of, man, it's just wild to think about. So oh, yeah. because you're doing this solo, I'm going to give you the option. We have the three categories that I sent you ahead of time, but the three categories are jerseys, uh, jersey number 33. So things revolving around people that were number 33 for the Pacers. We've okay. also got international players to have played for the Pacers and game winners from last season. I'll let you pick Ooh. the category you'd like and the person you'd like to ask the question. Yeah. Um, I think I'm gonna have to go international players for the Pacers. Okay. And and Fachi, go ahead and throw me one. All right. For international uh category, um, this question is going to be the international player came to Indiana in twenty seventeen. In his first season with the Pacers, he averaged fourteen point three points per game on forty seven point four percent shooting from the field and played in eighty games. Ooh. Who is it? Oh no! See, twenty-seven. No, there are. Oh, oh. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, yes, great, 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 great. Oh, <laughs> I know that would be tough without choices. But here's the thing: here you got four choices: A. Corey Joseph, B. Demontis Sabonis, C. Boyan Bogdanovich, and D. Ike Anagbagu. Oh, oh man, I miss Ike. Ek, ek, uh, come on, guys. Ek, 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 ek. I'll say I'll, it. I want to hear Fachi pronounce it, so I put it as an option. <laughs> yeah, nice. I like Ike. I'll, I'll always call him Ike because because I would I would always play two K and I would just go, oh, that's Ike. And then... <laughs> he had some potential out of UCLA. It just yeah. never really worked out. I remember we like, snagged. He might have had fourteen point three points per game though. You and never know. You never know. We'll find out though. And if you need me to repeat those choices again, I can do that. Go go ahead and repeat that. Okay. Uh, choice A, Corey Joseph. Choice B, Demonta Sabonis. Choice C, Boyan Bogdanovich. Choice D, Ek Anakbogu. I I'm I'm between Sabonis and Boyan. Because man, Boyan was on a tear. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with Boyan. Is that your final answer? <sighs> the way the way you're saying that doesn't make me. Oh confident. well, don't don't let me don't <laughs> let me trick you in any Don't let us trick you. Like Just stick with I, your I, guns. I'm, I'm gonna have to stick with my guns, Boyan. No, those guns are firing. They are correct. Yes. The answer is Boyan Bogdanovich. Last go. week we had Alex almost bullying people out with the way he was saying, "Is that your final answer?" So <laughs> I just want to make sure. <laughs> stick to your gut. Hey, if the if our contestant does not seem confident in their answer, I just gonna make sure. I want to make sure that I give them hey. every opportunity to say final answer. I'm not and bullying how, people. How nice flashing. of you. How nice of you. All right, so let's go to the next international question here. All right. Um, This international player was traded to the Pacers in 2012 in exchange for Darren Collison and Dante Jones. Was it A, Luis Scola, B, Jan Mahimi, C, Georges Niang, or D, Damjan Rudez? Who was the last option again? Uh, Damjan Rudez, Damo is what they called him. I do not remember Damo. Okay. I 
So I know I know it's not Georges Niang. It's either it's either Luis Scola or who is B, sorry. Jan Mahimi. Jan Mahimi. I feel like Jan Mahimi was on the team longer than twenty twelve. Okay. We're, we're I I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with Luis Scola. That is incorrect. Oh man. It was Jan Mahimi. Dang. So you are one for two right now. You got to get three more right All right. to move All right. on. All right. So we've got game winners from last season or jersey number 33. Which category do you want? Let's go with jersey. All right. Fachi, you're up. All right. This player was the 45th overall pick in the 1990 NBA draft. He didn't join the Pacers until 1993 as he played overseas after graduating from UTEP. Who is it? Now, there are four choices. There choice A, LaSalle Thompson, choice B, Antonio Davis, choice C, Zahn Tebek, and choice D, Clark Kellogg. Now, before you answer this, there is a hint. Ooh, okay, I'll take it. The hint. He was traded from Indiana to the Toronto Raptors in 1999. Ooh, that, that was too good of a hint. I know this now. Ooh, it's Antonio got? Davis. So your final answer. That is my final answer. That is correct. It is yes. Antonio Davis. There we so, go. There we go. There we go. Who would All have right. been your guest before the hit? You're two three. <laughs> I I I was on. I was. On, I knew it wasn't Clark Kellogg. Um, I I, I know. I knew Antonio Davis for sure wore thirty three. Yeah. Um. And I, I think I probably would have gone with Antonio Davis before the hint as well. Yeah, I would say LaSalle Thompson didn't wear 33, neither did Zontabak. Uh, Clark Kellogg okay. did wear 33. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, that was pretty obvious from there. Okay, so, like Fachi said, you got two of three right so far. You only need two more to advance. We got three more right. questions for you. So, here we go. This former player spent just two seasons with the Blue and Gold before being traded to the Phoenix Suns in the mid-2000s. Is it A, Leandro Barbosa? B, Ron Mercer, C, Eddie Gill, or D, James Jones? And we have a hint if you need it. So right now where my mind is, Leandro Barbosa, but okay. I would like to hear the hint. Okay. He is still a part of the Suns organization today. Oh, man. I, I, would, I would guess that Leandro Barbosa is one of those players that just goes into executive role. I'm going to ask, yep. say, Leandro Barbosa. Final answer? Come on, Alex. Come on now. I'm just asking. Final, final answer, Leandro Barbosa. All right. That is incorrect. Dang. Do you know who the general manager is of the Phoenix Suns? Oh, I do not. I can't say I do. It is James Jones. James Jones. Played Man. with LeBron wherever he went, but he started out yep. here first. Did follow James Jones has made a couple deals with the Pacers. You know, maybe he holds us a little fond, you know, in, in his heart. So, uh, you know, yeah. but that that is uh, that is the answer there. And we do have the final category. So I get them both right. I get them both hey. right to move on. So the, the, these are are these Pacers game winners or game winners all over the season? These, these are, are Pacer game teams. winners. Yep. I, they're I, they're I, centered I around this. game winners. They're not necessarily like what was the game winner? Who made the shot? Mm -hmm. But there are questions around that. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So, all right. Now I'm up for the question. So this is game winners from last season. Tyrese Halliburton reached his career high when he hit the game winner over the Miami Heat in December of 2022. How many points did he score in that game? Choice A, 43 points. Choice B, 47 points. Choice C, 41 points. Or choice D. 49 points. There yeah. is a hint. Ready for the hint? I'm ready for the hint. Okay. He tied his career high against the Hornets last Saturday. It, read read those options 40... again. Yep. Choice A, 43 points. Choice B, 47 points. Choice C, 41 points. Choice D, 49 points. It's either 41 or 43. 43 points. Final answer? Final answer. That is indeed correct. It is 43 yes. points. All right, so you got to get this one to advance, but all right, uh, we'll, we'll see how you do here. So when Tyrese Halliburton hit a game winner over the Chicago Bulls on the road last season, 
It was more personal because he made it against this person. Who was it? Was it A, Lonzo Ball, B, Alex Caruso, C, Patrick Beverly, or D, Zach Levine? Oh, I have a hint if you need it. I I'm gonna before the hint. I think it's Pat Bev because, you know, Pat Bev, generational tack, trash talker. I feel like there was some words said before that game. Mm-hmm. Give me, go ahead and give me the hint. All right, the hint is this player made a comment about Halliburton on a podcast, which caused Tyrese to take notice. There's only there's only one guy here that that could be. It's got to be got to be Pat Bev. We locking it in. Final answer. We're, we're locking it in. Even if I'm wrong, I'll be happy about it. I love Pat well, Bev. Congratulations, <laughs> you are moving on to the next round yes. of our champions. Moving on. So you end up doing four or six. We had to help you a little bit there, but hey, I want to thank you for coming on and being faithful, being a faithful listener and, and yeah. being a, a good sport about this with us having to change things up a little bit. So I, I honestly, yeah. regardless of if you would have got all four or not uh, right or wrong, we still would have put you through because you were the only one that oh. showed up. You got some strong <laughs> Wi-Fi over there, all right? The Wi-Fi was playing better defense than the Pacers these days, so, you know, it, it was reliable. So Ooh, the Wi-Fi that, is big. You know, <laughs> hey, you know, we appreciate all the support, especially, you know, when you mentioned, hey, hopping on, you know, right around free agency time. Awesome to hear that. Uh, but that was an exciting time, and it was awesome oh, yeah. to be putting out content being able to talk about when we did add, you know, Obi Top and when we did get the, the Tyrese extension done, you know, mm-hmm. just Bruce Brown, so things like that. So, yeah. Caleb, you know, uh, we really appreciate you and the support that you've shown for, for the show. Hey, keep, keep reading up on your Pacer, uh, you know, history because gonna have it, to. it could get a little bit harder from <laughs> here on out. You're going to be facing some of the best that have been through trivia thus far. So, I believe it. You know, Caleb, before we, we wrap up, um, you know, kind of give me your your prediction of what you think this Pacers team could potentially finish at for the year. doesn't need to be, you know, the exact win total, but maybe it's – are they a playoff team? Right. Is it a specific seed? What's your gut tell you? All right. couple things for my Pacers predictions. One, I think we're going to make some noise in this in-season tournament. You know, so. We, so far, we, so good. So far, so good. Sixers will be tough, but I think we, we can take the Hawks, Hawks and the Pistons. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I feel like if we don't win the group, we can at least uh, we can at least make a wild card. Um, playoffs wise, standings, I think I think at least a six seed, top six seed. I feel I not necessarily that'll be success because I think what whatever we place the season has been a success already. We're look, we're the best offensive team in the league. Our mm-hmm. defense needs a little bit of help, but. You know, I think that's where th- some things can can change in the trade deadline in January, um, January, February. Um, you know, I think maybe a guy like OG Ananobi, you know, he's in some trade rumors previously. Um, I, mm-hmm. As long as we keep TJ McConnell, I, I'm huge on TJ McConnell. Most important guy on the team. Number one, number one on the court, number one in my heart. Hey. So, I, I love Roger. it. You know, McConnell's <laughs> got his supporters out there. Could oh, be yes, a guy that could be a little bit hard to keep if he's not seeing the court, but yep. his impact, like I said earlier, it is still felt. Yep. I, I I love seeing his faces after after every play that is made that is huge. You know, Tyrese talking to the fans at, at Cleveland, him going boom. Oh, that, that was, was great. great. That was <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Probably probably one of my favorite TJ McConnell moments. Man. We got a lot the, of McConnell the season's gonna be fun. Yeah, and, and you yeah. know what? You, you should. I mean, it, it's it's a little bit outdated by now, but, but it, you know, since you you never heard it before, we actually had T.J. McConnell on our show back in the day. You should check that mm. out. Going to the archives. I mean, McConnell was was awesome. You know, just an absolute pro and uh, great guy. You know, mentioned one of those unsung heroes of of the Pacers. So that was a, a fun throwback interview. Yeah, and, and and let me tell you, I, I got roommates that are bigger T.J. McConnell fans than me. So. Oh man! Wow, <laughs> that, yeah. there, there's All bigger right. ones out there. <laughs> the McConnell supporters are real, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Well, make sure you try his coffee at Jack's Donuts because he has his own coffee now. Gonna have to. That's on my list. Whenever I go back down to Indy, uh, that's 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 what I'm gonna get. Where are you and at the now? Setting the pace, bagel. Okay. Um, you, yeah, I, yeah, for sure. I'm <laughs> I'm at uh, Purdue University right now. I I'm 
right. Born right. and raised in Lafayette, Indiana. Okay. Um, but I live on the west side right now. I'm going to college. I'm a junior in construction engineering management. Let's go. A lot of fun over there. Boiler up. Hey. Yeah. Keep go. it up. Should be should be a good season for you guys. Uh, you guy, I can't say boiler up, but I'll say let's go Pacers. We can find <laughs> hey, a common ground. I, there. I I mean, who who had the closer game and their season opener? I mean, that, that's all I gotta say. Oh man, uh, I saw <laughs> I, I did I didn't catch the IU one, but I did see Purdue. It was like was a six point game, I think. Yeah, yeah. Purdue. Was no, like ours was like a sixty. Yeah, it was. Yeah. How that how that NCAA yeah. tournament go for you guys? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, we don't talk about that. Yeah, how to go for yeah, you guys? Though. No, no, I, a, little I you that. a little bit better. <laughs> a little bit better. A little bit better. At least right, we won right. a game, and we weren't a one seed. So <laughs> that's fair. You got a good team and a, and a, and a great recruiting class. You know, oh, oh yeah. We we can't talk <laughs> IU Purdue on this pod because we have too many people divided. I know I have a lot of Purdue listeners and IU listeners. So no, nah, I've got a lot of respect for Purdue. I mean, yeah. and Purdue and yeah. IU. Yeah. That's why. That's what. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Just the right word hey. came out of my mouth. Yeah, hey, it's all right. <laughs> you already won. You don't got to kiss up anymore. So, Speak, uh, tell us awesome. how you feel. Hey, uh, hey, Caleb, we definitely appreciate you coming on. Like I said, man, you're gonna have to be able to defend, you know, your 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 win because next time there's gonna be someone on that same screen as you. So be ready because that's when it gets real. But for now, hey, congrats on the win. I'm excited for this season just as you are, and we look forward to having you back on for that next round. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. You guys are awesome. All right, Caleb. We'll see you, man. Caleb. See you, man. Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gonna need a mop. Smooth. Ripple Bagel and Deli is the home of Indy's original steamed bagel sandwich. It's located in the heart of Broad Ripple, and they're family-owned and operated, proudly serving their customers for over 20 years. They pride themselves on quick, casual dining with over 100 different steamed bagel sandwich options. It truly is a staple in Indianapolis, and a can't-miss breakfast and lunch spot. Ripple Bagel and Deli offers a great friends and family atmosphere where you're always welcome to dine in and be a part of the family, or feel free to bypass any weight by conveniently ordering and paying for carryout ahead of time at RippleBagelDeli.com. Ripple Bagel and Deli also offers best-in-class catering anytime, anywhere, with a long list of customers ranging anywhere from law firms to drug reps to several different sports-related clients, including Butler, IUPUI, the Indianapolis Colts, and several visiting NFL teams. They pride themselves on their ability to satisfy all of your catering needs, no matter the occasion, or event and will customize your order, provide competitive pricing, and always deliver on time. Ripple Bagel Deli, the home of Indy's original steamed bagel sandwich.